off the ball. And Munster are failing at that detail. It's not the big picture that's killing them. It's it's the minutia, the detail that's taking them apart. Subscribe to the Rugby Stream on the OTB Sports app now. Just a slight tangent on, on that. <laughs> this, was a, this is far too much of a tangent. Just a brief interruption. Can I also say one more thing on this? But uh, we also need to impose some rules. Like, we can't just have 20 minute tangents over a text. Come on. This is refusal to consider the circumstances. I'm not going to entertain that, Joe. This conversation is not a good one, I think. Do we argue much? No. We keep them inside. Let it fester. <laughs> See, I thought this was a ridiculous text until I read the top three, and then I thought, Do you know what? Oh, yeah. I'd actually debate that with you. <laughs> it is an interesting. Sorry, it's not an interesting question, but. Uh, Let's I, make that clear. <laughs> I love the sound of a snooker referee counting up the score. Now, welcome along. A slight tangent coming at you on a Tuesday evening. 53106, the text number. You can email us at a slight tangent at offtheball.com anytime during the week. Mick McCarthy is still here. Willow Callahan is here. Hello. Evening, lads. And Arthur O'Dea. Good evening, Arthur. Evening, Joe. We're in our Sunday home, this studio. Absolutely. This is where we spend our Sundays, so it's, uh, it's nice to have you all here. We were just talking to David Brady in the last hour. A man who improves the mood of any room he's in by at least 15%, I would think. Well, that's what I was saying. I walked over just because I wanted to hear the start of it. <laughs> it's going to be good. He's going to come true, in. Yeah. He's going to come in hot. He's going to come in in good form. Ah, it's just great. Uh, look, she was like, look, I've talked to you many times about wanting to get back into it. I was like, no, we haven't had that conversation. <laughs> 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 we literally never talked about it. But, uh, <laughs> we need a best of DB supercut at yeah. some point. I think we cut some of them. We've a couple l- already. <laughs> yeah, the Lerka Gale conversation that you guys had, we did a mini montage for that. Oh, yeah. I think we need to put that together with the story about his car and the All-Ireland tickets and the Jim McGuinness story and put it into one big super the greatest hits yeah uh, text in on the conversation the GEA is super it should get more time something very nice about that we had Eddie Brennan last night so we tried to cover the club championships from the weekend in uh, various ways and then I think a fair enough point Colin Dublin makes Dunted, schmozzle, assault, all the acceptable and almost laughed off by some elements. Uh, all acceptable and almost laughed off by some elements in the GA these days without any serious consequences, it seems, uh, Colin Dublin. Uh, to a point, I mean, I did say to David, to be fair, look, we need to get away from this. But he was downplaying it. So I think he's entitled to say what his experience was. He didn't think it was that big a deal. Isn't that a tough one, though? Because we're having these conversations at the moment about referees and, you know, just sort of sideline atmosphere. There was a very good panel on Off The Wall a couple of weeks ago about, like, silent sidelines and everything like this and parents being out of control. All of these things are so real and they need to be sorted. Mm. And yet there's still an instinct in us. I don't know whether it's based on socialisation, having watched GA all our lives and been part of games and on sidelines where... You kind of think a little, a little bit of argy bargy is kind of no big deal, and it can be just like it can be forgotten about minutes after it happens. Oh, I, I, I think there is a line where both are true, by the way. But I really feel the culture change is so necessary now that maybe we need to go harder on stuff that might have been considered harmless. Yeah, look, it's hard there when David Brady is saying he didn't have a major issue with it to say, well, you should have had more of an issue. And equally, I thought the apology from Conor Gillespie was very refreshing. I mean, yes, he just he came in straight it, away yeah. and said, yeah. I did it, it was completely my fault, it was wrong, it was bad. There was no sense of, I'll look heat at the moment and it wasn't that big a deal. He kind of took full responsibility. So sometimes an apology is just so disarmingly good. A bit like Vera Pau last week. Yeah. You kind of afterwards, you're like, well, okay, that's pretty yeah. comprehensive. 
I think Brady diffused the situation quite a bit in the chat that he had with Ashton O'Reilly after the game too. Yeah. I know he joked off a little bit about the fact that he was wearing runners, which is possibly why he hit the ground as quickly as he did. But yeah. he was very quick to say, look, I should not have got involved in the first place and I got a bit of a dunt. I hit the ground. We move on. Hmm. Rather than it becoming a bigger issue. Yeah, he did his counterpart a favour, I think, yeah. there. Just, uh, again, that's probably part of that GA. Yeah, fraternity and ah look look it happened and we'll leave it and forget about it so that's and in fact the more criticism either. rather than a push or a shoulder is probably for hitting the ground and this idea that you've gone down a bit too easily mm. which maybe that's something we might have to change when it comes to the culture he did know. go down too easily though oh 100% <laughs> 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 he looks sore yeah it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> nothing it wasn't pleasant no it wasn't nothing he like, hit the ground I think I mean there will have to be action I think if we're asking for consistency was well, it just a case of, uh, uh, unfortunately, yeah, so did he slip? I, like, I don't know if the hit was that hard, because it was an unusual kind of... Yeah, I think he half dodged the hit. Okay. But uh, there, was yeah, enough, there was enough force in the hit for it to be looked at, I think. Is, yeah. Unfortunately, is the reality, as good and all as the apology was, I think if we're looking for consistency, then it did strike me as, oh, okay, Dave Brady's played it down, everyone's played it down, but there's there's not nothing in this either, you know? He took a shoulder, John. I'm not sure exactly where contact is. Yeah. I saw some people have slowed it down. It looks like maybe it caught him kind of high in the chest, that kind of area. Mm. Obviously, if you're not expecting a dunt, and in this case, he seems to have tried to move at the very last second, the chance of hitting the deck are pretty high. Yeah. So uh, loads to get through, loads to chat about between 8 and 9 o'clock. You'll get us on 53106. Uh, there's an email I want to get to in just one moment. Other news brought to us by Arthur. I'm presuming you're excited by this. Joan- <laughs> he doesn't know what it is. <laughs> no, look at me blankly. That's no, okay, go on. Jonah Hill. Yeah. Is to play. Yeah. John Daly. Grip it and rip it. <laughs> <laughs> Everything about this screams amazing. It's great. Amazing. I didn't actually see, is, do we know who directed it? I think Jonah Hill might be. Oh, we do. Mm, okay. Or sorry, no, he mentioned a director he'd worked with previously. It's not Martin Scorsese anyway. <laughs> no. <laughs> also, is this going to be serious Jonah Hill or is this going to be comedic Jonah Hill? Oh, I think very both. serious, I think. Hmm. That's going to be class. Serious Jonah Hill good. in there, yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. yeah, but he's a good actor, yeah. What a story, though. Is John Daly somebody who's worth a, 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 a movie? Oh, my God. Yeah. And the sequel. I feel like we know it. <laughs> It's hard to play. It's hard to play people that people know really well. Mm. You know, John Daly's been in our lives in real uh, documentary form, I suppose. Uh, yeah. You know, for since he's burst out of the scene in nineteen ninety one. Like it's not to glorify him. I think there'll be skeletons here. Yeah, and bad moments here. But even if you take the story of his first ever major win, are you familiar with that? No, I don't think so. Like this, so 91. you could just make a movie about this. So nineteen ninety one, John Daly is very much up and coming hits the ball a bazillion miles before there was ever Tiger Woods who could hit the ball miles. I mean, you watch his top swing at the back and the club is almost down at his waist. It's so far behind him. And he is the ninth alternate to get into the major. <laughs> so like, he's just a jobbing pro at this stage, trying to make his way. He's uh, from poor background and he's ninth alternate. So he's not going to play in the major in effect. And one by one in the build up to the week, other players start crying off. Which major was it, sorry? The 1991 PGA. PGA. Okay, sorry, sorry. Yeah, so the Wanamaker, the big one, the yeah, yeah, Patrick yeah, Harrington yeah. <laughs> that huge trophy, one of the four majors. And so eventually it gets down to, well, the other eight who were ahead of him are in the tournament now because there have been drop-offs for injuries or different reasons, often happens. And uh, Nick Price has to suddenly drop everything because his wife is about to give birth. He says to Daly, you might as well take my caddy. <laughs> you know, John, this is my caddy. <laughs> caddy, this is John. And, uh, you know, after a co- the caddy says to him, well, I'll just I'll have a look at your swing. And we'll 
I'll figure out your yardages as we go. Look, we'll have a bit of fun here. You're in the tournament. Well, hey, and John Daly trounces the field. <laughs> That's how he wins his first major. That's incredible. That alone is a movie. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's all, yeah, that'll almost be too... Um, God, you wouldn't believe... I can't believe you went on and still had the same relevance afterwards. And then that gets, him, that gets him a five-year exemption and then in 95 he wins the Open. Yeah. Like, I don't know what he was level he was playing at, at that time, but would he have automatically been in majors at that stage? Because he was so inconsistent. No, he wouldn't, wouldn't have been. say so. And like yeah. the weird thing about Daly is, I mean, there's incredible gambling losses like yeah. eye-watering and then there's substance abuse as well, uh, which is kind of... Again, it's been... It's one of these... It's a bit like the violence in the GA. I think with Daly... Uh, it's 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 a joke and it's um, glorified and romanticised but he's lost millions uh, and he's had substance abuse issues and it's kind of like part of his lovable rogue shtick but like there's nothing funny about any of those things he's had four divorces you know mm-hmm. it's, it's again words like colourful are used <laughs> about John Daly yeah. but it's not funny in other so ways this, if this is a good movie it'll be dark I think so you know and if it's not It'd be silly. It'll be for silly and yeah. funny, yeah. Like yeah. Uh, Anthony Maras is the director. He directed uh, Hotel Mumbai. Oh, okay. So uh, that's who's attached to it. I think to Jonah Hill is probably the bigger fair, name there. To be fair to Jonah Hill, he's building up a very good resume and you would think he'll have the smarts. He takes himself quite seriously. Think, yeah. You know, it, yeah. you can see that with his attitude to interviews and, very, and various things. I suspect he'll have the acting chops and smarts to see the dramatic aspect to all this not the comedic yeah definitely I think Jonah Hill has been really good as he's taken on maybe more careful dramatic roles in the last decade or so he is not the actor that we saw from Superbad once upon a time he's turned around quite a bit even when he's understated when you think back to say Moneyball mm. where he puts in Brilliant. a really good performance which allows Brad Pitt to shine but at the same time it's a really good dramatic performance really good, yeah. and I thought that Wolf of Wall Street was a really kind of bloated movie maybe that was partly the point that yeah. Scorsese was trying to make but I thought Jonah Hill was really good in that too yeah. I watched, I rewatched that recently and Jonah Hill is incredible in that mm. film he's yeah. so he's funny when he needs to be funny and it's kind of like sad and dark dress. So he is kind he's of so more depraved. comic than anything else. he's so depraved he's <laughs> yeah. the most depraved characters I've ever seen in the film when he's <laughs> Have you watched Superbad recently? Yeah, not in a few years. A couple years, of years no. ago, yeah. I watched it about six months ago. I don't know what possessed me because I remember at the time thinking it was an amazingly good film. It's a lot yeah. longer than you remember, isn't it? Uh, there it's was like that, seven, sure. I think, isn't it? Oh, it's a long film. Mm-hmm. Sorry, yeah, yeah. I, like I wasn't pearl clutching or anything watching it, but I, it's it was amazing how sensibilities have changed. Like it was just not funny in so many ways. <laughs> it was juvenile in a very mean spirited way. Um, There's a whole lot of films around that time. Four year old virgin. I suppose all those type of things are. I guess you could argue it's n- never funny, but not even in, a, in like attempting, yeah, to, in, not even attempting to be smart or uh, jokes on the subject rather than it's any just sort of like yeah. base level stupidity. Seth Rogen appears to be a common denominator in these movies that were named. I think more Judd Apatow. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It was, it was just. It was very striking how to change. Just. Yeah. To, I was like. I was like. I'm turning this off. I wasn't doing it. Um, Brad Pitt playing Philippine. I always like super bad. I don't. I know what you mean about change, but like things have to be measured as of the time they were as well, you know. And no, that's I, like I, I'd agree with that. But yeah. I'd be in, I'd be interested to see if you Would watch I still it. Now. Find it as funny. I, I was like, this is not funny at all. But it's it's funny you say like this is. We should talk about sport at some point. But uh, I did you ever have you like I don't know whether we were all of a not a certain age here, different age, but like Eminem was a pretty big deal when me and you were young anyway, mm. Joe. Right. I don't know if you ever listened to him, but like, still, like, you can see all the incredible talents that are there. You try listening to that stuff now, mm. it's so uncomfortable and kind of like disgusting, mm. you know, because it's like the, the, the casual homophobia, like, way worse than anything you were talking about, you know, and it was just so mainstream. Mm. And he never got, he got bits of criticism here and there, but it was on the fringes. Mm. 
you know and you listen to it now and it's just like that is like I find that difficult to listen to in 2022 mm. whereas I don't know there's other stuff that I can I don't know where the line is but there's stuff, some things you say that was of its time and you wouldn't do it now mm. and then there's other stuff that's like I can't look back at that mm. it's awful you know, so I don't know. I haven't seen Superbad recently enough to know where it falls. Yeah, been, uh, yeah. have a look and see what you think. Uh, other, so Hill doing daily. We were jolly trying to think who have been the best. Matt Damon, Francois Pinar. No, not the best. No, not <laughs> Do you know to be? Can I give Matt Damon a bit of a pass on something though? Mm-hmm. Uh, Clint Eastwood famously doesn't give actors second or third take. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like Damon saying, this accent is insane. The South African accent must be right up there as the most difficult to do. And so there was. he talked about early on, he gave it a go in a scene and he thought to himself, I haven't really got that accent there. And he, he asked Clint, Clint, he asked Clint Eastwood for a, a second take and Eastwood basically said, are you going to waste everybody's time here with another take? <laughs> to which Damon said, OK, I won't. It's the end of this film. Yeah. So there, it's, that's yeah. Tricky. He's also about like five foot four. Sure, playing Francois Pina. Yeah, there is <laughs> Lock that. Forward. Will Smith, Ali, thumbs up. Good performance. Yeah, yeah. not very forgettable enough movie. Yeah, though. Richard Williams, he did as well. He was good as Richard Williams. Won the Oscar. That's been overshadowed. Shia Buff to John McEnroe recently. Did anyone see that film? No, Borg and McEnroe. It's like it's almost good. There's yeah. definitely something in that, but they just didn't. It didn't quite work. Uh, we had gotta didn't... be careful with a film like that why don't do it unless it's good yeah. because a Borg and McEnroe film again it's like what I was saying with John Daly it's like we know everything there is to know about Borg and McEnroe we've seen the, like every time it rains at Wimbledon they show us stuff from it you know what I mean it's like yeah. get that right you yeah. know Mark Wahlberg the fighter Mickey Ward that's really good yeah. yeah he's great so is Christian Bale's great in the movie too it's only when you see the brother you know afterwards they show the real Christian Bale is just a freak isn't he yeah my god De Niro, Jake LaMotta. I mean, I think that's yeah. the pass. Go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, you, we were agreeing. The guy who played Nicky Lauda in Rush. Very yes. good. What's his I was just agreeing about it. Is your, you is your Google opportunity here? <laughs> it doesn't matter. Where I remember Hemsworth playing opposite him. But <laughs> is it Brule, I think is his name? He was very good. It's hard to judge Russell Crowe and Cinderella Man. I mean, he was good as a boxer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a great film. But yeah, we don't exactly know exactly what James B. Braddock was like no um, sorry Will's looking at me expectingly here it was uh, Daniel Brule yeah that's him mm. very good yeah I can't, like I can't type and talk at the same time yeah, I, I thought Rush was generally a pretty good film as well kind of a one I wasn't really expecting to enjoy as much as I did mm-hmm. and I thought it was it was really really well made if you were to pick John Daly though yeah you kind of like I don't know would you pick Jonah Hill but it makes sense as soon as you hear it yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. so I, I was know. going right in there that's going to be great the hair and everything I can't wait to see what that looks like how will the golf scenes hold up <laughs> oh it'd be interesting what because it you see it's, like. it's not just like Kevin Costner having to learn golf from Gary McCord in Tin Cup it's one of the most distinctive golf swings in the history mm. of the game you could pick a silhouette of John Daly's swing out from uh-huh. a thousand yards away Okay. Because mm. when he brings the club be- behind him. Would that bother you now? Oh, yeah. Like Bill Simmons goes on about that with sports movies. It's like a bit, it's bigger than the story for him. Is like whether somebody can pitch the ball properly in baseball or Tim yeah. Robbins, you know, in like uh, Bull Durham or whatever, like his pitching. A brilliant film that yeah. he clearly loves. But every time he talks about it, he gives out about Tim Robbins' pitching. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think know. it's one of the things you have to get right, though. Have uh, to get it right. Yeah. No, he will bother me immensely. But he, John Hill, again... The Matt Damon problem is there. John Hill's not very tall. John Daly's a big man. Mm. Like, yeah. Well, just look. Once he gets 
And it actually won't be... It, Are you going to make little small drivers for him? I don't know. To make it look, make him look big? <laughs> I don't know, Michael. <laughs> Weirdly, it will be easier for him to replicate daily swing than like a textbook perfect swing. Okay. Because yeah. dailies is so distinctive. It's almost like parody dailies. So you just have to like think, throw the club right behind you. But it better look like it or else I'll be tut-tutting in the cinema. I wonder what the ratio will be of golf and off the course stuff yeah, I don't know. movies on. I don't know. I hope they mm. make, like, I feel golf. like a lot of it's going to take place in a trailer park. Yeah. yeah. Golf is very cinematic. I mean, they should really, the drama of it and you've got all these set piece moments. Every shot's yeah. a set piece. It's not like all action or difficult. It lends yeah. itself mm. to it immensely. Well. Yeah. I wonder if there's going to be a young Tiger Woods. Yeah. Who's going to play Constantino Rocca? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> have the any given s- have the any given Sunday uh, action scenes held up again? A film I haven't seen. I've never seen it. For I, what have you no. not? Wow, Jeez, that's surprising. Sorry, lads. Yeah. They obviously deliberately shoot them incredibly dramatically, with the mm. idea it's meant to reflect where the team are at in the various different points within any given Sunday as well. Yeah. Like the shots from. I think it's Ben Hur are like interspliced into one of the games where they're losing as well. And it is Ben Hur, isn't I it? I think so. Pretty yeah. sure it's Ben Hur. Um, yeah, like again, that That's was deliberately very cinematic as opposed to trying to be, let's say, more authentic with some sports movies that we've watched over the last while. But sports movies can be done really, really well. I don't, did I see the Adam Sandler one, Hustle? Yeah. yeah. Well worth the watch. Yeah, it was pretty good. And again, I think they made the very interesting decision in that one to not go for actors trying to play basketball. They got basketball players to act within the movie. Yeah. Which I think worked out really well. That's well, that's the Bill Simmons point. Prioritise mm. the authenticity. There's a problem with all these movies, though, in that you know it's going to work out in the end. Like, it's not even a spoiler to say that about yeah. Hustle. Whereas John Daly... They we can, don't know where this is going to end, though. John Daly, they can take this in a very interesting place. I'm not sure if the John Daly story is a good story. It's going to be like the last five years of his life. Mix it up entirely. Well, just, uh, like... You could make a strong argument one of the great unfulfilled talents. Yeah, it's two majors, is it? Yeah. yeah. yeah but okay. like he was that, you know, he was that outrageous. He should have more, I think. Uh, one quick one before an ad break. Uh, lads, I have a bugbearer. I need to get it off my chest. That's a different slot. Mm-hmm. Uh, when are the GA going to abandon this idea of all ticket in advance of club games? I've often headed for a game, changed my mind halfway and gone to a different one. Our first, <laughs> first half of... Casual that Sundays. Yeah, I'm not sure you need to be looked after here, <laughs> Richie. I'm not, we're not that worried about your predicament then. Or hang on, first half of one game and then nip over to the other for the second half. Also, there's got there's uh, got to be some older folks who can't mm. get the hang of online ticket sales. It's messing me up, destroying my social life. It has to go. That's <laughs> two solutions to that, Joe. One would be a lot of county boards are already doing it, which you get a weekend pass where you can go to as many championship games within the county as you that, want to go. Because right up Richie, which would suit Richie perfectly. Richie's a, a Richie ticket. Yeah. Um, the other one is I think that there should be one stall which takes cash outside grounds so is that gone now yeah they're basically nearly every county is now trying to go all tickets so everything bought in advance you have to arrive up with your virtual ticket beforehand yeah. I know it's turned some people off from going to games I think for the small amount of people that you would be accommodating and I understand why county boards want to do this where everything has a paper trail essentially with the tickets that are sold as opposed to having a gate we've probably all heard of stories of you know two mates been ushered in past the cash gate and so on but the idea I think should be there that for the small amount of people who need to use cash on the day have just one stall open and make it a bit easier because aside from anything else the electronic system can fall down on a given day yeah. and say people are trying to buy tickets on it the way to the It is like ground. one of the great kind of things about a club game that you just decide two hours before yeah. go on we'll go but I presume you can book it on your phone then yeah, you can. yeah or you can go to a local shop if they're selling them there's like in different counties there are different okay. solutions to it but like Richie's You are just adding another 
you're adding a barrier. Yeah. Yeah. You know, to yeah. whereas like I completely as as much as Richie's particular predicament is quite specific. <laughs> there is an element of like I I don't know, when I lived in Chandra, I would just like the de- Decide while already out for a walk. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. To Parnell Park. Yes, and see what's on. So you can't do that now. Summer there would be something on on a yeah. Saturday or Sunday, you yeah. know, and it just pop in, you know. And if it was late enough in the game, you wouldn't even have to pay in. They just sort of wave you in. And if it was just starting, you'd pay, and it'd be a five or ten or whatever it was, so you know. That's gone. I, it's seemingly yeah, yeah yeah but they've been they've, there's been people giving out about this all year like and it's like I, initially for county games and there was kind of mm-hmm. conversations about that but it's it's all club level I now guess, as well so it's for reasons of compliance and making sure everything's above board that that's exactly yeah, right you have to yeah. move that way but I think have a gate where you can tap have a gate where you can tap, cash tap yeah yeah and very very few people are going to go to try and buy with cash anyway tap's a great shout yeah in fact actually I, I if it's only cash I'm screwed I can't <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting in either just part of back would have required a detour to the ATM these <laughs> Oh my god, some kid came to the house uh, the other day, he's running like a 5k for charity and there was about 10 of us in the house, it was like a family gathering thing and he was like, he turned up the door, cute as hell, he was about, like it must have been 8 or 9, he's like, hi I'm running 5k for charity, I'm taking this kid a long time to run 5k. Mm-hmm. Wasn't a fiver in the house. You're like, can I uh, tap your? He wasn't taking card. <laughs> uh, That's to teachers out there, gotta get them some card e- machine. electronic setup, yeah, yeah. Mm. for the knocking on doors. Uh, we rustled up a few euros just to clarify whether we didn't we Fair didn't tell him <laughs> see you Timmy enjoy yeah. your own no we didn't do that uh, short break we've uh, lots to get through we haven't got through much of what we planned to so <laughs> we'll do that in just one minute now you're welcome back uh, loads of text into 53106 here in a slight tangent Emma Stone in Battle of the Sexes is uh, texting I didn't see that one no it's recent no, no. yeah I don't know what the sports scenes were like Margot Robbie in I, Tanya is another hmm uh, guys, bigger than an electric ticket for club games. When are the GA going to get rid of that stupid odd number underage competition? Absolute BS, Johnny Kilkenny. Ah, that's okay. another. That's another day. Could go, that could be under seventeens and change it back to eighteens. Change twenty ones back to twenty. Why do they keep filling around with this? Is that a hornet's nest open right now? Okay. A little bit. Yeah, while, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of issues there that leaving cert related and burn out and yada yada lend the gaps for senior as well okay Brian and Kildare lads the greatest game ever played a great golf movie 2005 brilliant true story beautifully told about a young amateur Francis Uime winning the US Open way back in 1913 have a look you won't be disappointed yeah I've seen it and based on the Mark Frost book which is top top by the way mm. top top an amazing uh, story Shia LaBeouf in that as well Shia or Shia Shia I think isn't it I think it's Shia Could be oh, we have a winner John Limerick this is the ultimate. This is uh, a rival two, although it's hard to beat Robert De Niro as Jake LaMotta. Okay. A rival two, we're talking yeah. in that conversation. This sporting life, Richard Harris. This is John Limerick. Keeping a local Richard Harris. Have you seen that? Yeah. Have you not? I'm sorry. So She's I've read the book. <laughs> I don't mean to be that guy, but I've read oh, the book and never watched the movie. Oh, lads. I remember reading on holidays. It's a wonderful book, but yeah, I, top, I always top. knew Richard Harris had played him. So yeah. I was envisioning Richard Harris's young faces <laughs> as I read the book. You've but, got to. You've yeah. got to. The opening scene, he plays rugby league and he gets his teeth. In the north. Gets his teeth smashed out. Mm. Yeah. It's just one of the most compelling opening 10 minutes to a movie. It was always on TV, Maria. I'm surprised you two. I just it? never saw it, and I, again, it was always on the radar. And I brought the book on holidays one time, and it was just—it was—it's a brilliant read, like it really is. Uh, a surefire sign that Will's had a busy. Wait, scratch that. Uh, quiet afternoon. He's made up a wish list of. <laughs> sorry, I, start, I, start I was complaining in the ad break that we never get a chance. To <laughs> sorry, yeah, yeah. He was giving out about it. All my work, all my work today. So this is a wish list of 
movie stars to play <laughs> sporting figures in films that haven't been happened yet. It. Exactly. You, this is like an executive production yeah. role. Yeah. All right. So I started the other way around. So they were talking about this note to BM this morning about Jonah Hills. Just kind of put it into my mind when they were chatting. All right. Okay. And so the ideas I had, right, one that hasn't been made yet. Can we get? How are we judging these? I presume you can just respond. Mark's like a ten out or there and see. Yeah, yeah, me, yeah, or nay. Me, the, yeah, yeah, or nay. It's like yeah. on a scale of 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 uh, one to Richard Harris. Oh yeah, I can see that. <laughs> okay, <That's> <laughs> <laughs> but like, okay, go on. Okay. All right. Um, first one, which has to be made, is Andre Agassi. So his autobiography is like one of the best ever. I think there's yeah. been a few attempts to make the movie, but it's never quite happened. Yeah, yeah. Andre Agassi agreed. I'm gonna have Colin Farrell as Andre Agassi. Too old. I don't know. I think I think he's forties. Oh, he is too old. He can play the penguin. Ah, these lads, these lads can make themselves look young these days. You need, can't they? You need to have agility on the court. You need to be visibly. Hmm. He'd I, think have, um, I think he'd be fine movie magic lads and he looks quite a bit like Agassi at Agassi's yeah, pomp yeah. as well he shaved his head for movies before he's got good facial growth yep. much like Andre Agassi same eyebrows he can do it yeah when is the Banshee finish out the, uh, the premiere was last week. Friday yeah. so it's probably oh, now so yeah looks what, good what are the word what's the word good I think generally positive, yeah, but you're putting me on the spot now. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't. I'm gonna. I'm gonna like it regardless. Put that on the poster, Arthur. (laughs) Arthur D. It was grand. Meant to be all right. Arthur D. Off the ball. (laughs) Best-selling author. Dear. Second one is like we're all giving that a yay, by the way. Just about. I'm not. You're not. It's too. It's too different. The the age. I'm just checking here. Andre Agassi's 52. Colin Farrell is 46. Yeah, exactly. Come on. He, you got, he'll have to play Agassi as a 20 year old is the problem. <laughs> yeah, I know. Who I know. are you getting to play Agassi yeah, on but the you spot? Give him a week. I, I, I tell you what, I didn't like that book as much as everyone else. Jeez, no. I didn't enjoy it as much. I, I, like it was, you could kind of tell what it was trying to do, but I wasn't blown away by it as, as kind of everyone kind of held it up. I, I wouldn't, I'd probably not make the movie. That's okay. Uh, and so, what did you think it was trying to do? Well, I suppose it's trying to tell it. I mean, his story is no doubt compelling and all the his relationship with his father and yeah. issues with drugs and everything else but um, I just felt it was stretching to weave it I forget the name of the guy who wrote it yeah I'll tell you now because he did a load of books I think he did Your Man from Red Hot Chili Peppers as well and it just it was almost a little bit I kind of felt that it kind of and it could be gone your, the other way that it becomes so popular that you almost start to find flaws in it and take away from it J.R. Moringer J.R. Moringer mm. I'm reading funny enough of his book at home The Tender Bar Apparently his memoir he's collaborating with Tiger Woods on a book no, no, if, if he got if he got to Agassi levels, that'd be quite. Some, I, look, I haven't read it in a while, but I remember thinking it was bloody amazing. No, maybe I have to go back. To it. Maybe I'm being unfair. Like I, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying anything. I no, just sure. I, I, I couldn't. It didn't grab me. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't grab me in the same way. You saw like it starts with him in the shower, t- saying how much he hates tennis. Mm. Yeah, that's good for page one. No. Yeah, I, so I always feel something like that's just stretching trying, about trying too it's too much. It's too. It's, I do know what you mean in that sense. I'd like something just a bit more. Yeah, that's just that's a personal preference. I, like it's not. I, it's funny. I am You're the reading. first person I've ever heard say anything negative about. It. And I, I've mentioned a few weeks ago. I've never read it. I kind of have it on the list to always have read. You know, but no, worth, no, it's and worth think, reading. Like it is worth reading. Yeah. I'm not saying that. I'm just. I, yeah. You thought it was striving a bit too hard for the torture. A little bit. No, no, I, I do. St- and to be fair, something really still stick with me. It really sticks with me that point where he's talking about the bag. It's like the bag can't be like a milligram over what he knows it is or whatever. You know, and he's literally picking it up. He knows if, it's, if there's something in the wrong place in the bag. Mm. And that kind of insight's fascinating. But it just, some of the stuff I just found was, it, yeah, it's almost too intense or too, it's like, I'm not, not that it's fabricated or put on, but it's like, nobody, Dramatized nobody can live like this. Yeah. Though, I mean, some of the scenes are just amazing. Like when he's lost his, um, 
I always just think of it as the most extraordinary thing where he, at this stage he's, he's pretty much bald but he's got the wig yeah. and on the morning of the French Open final he's run out of the glue that he attaches the wig to his head with and so he has to kind of like almost like Ross Geller in the toilet try and form a paste yeah. and, and sticks the hair with some kind of sellotape and paste to his head and goes out on a windy yeah. French spring day plays a French Open final and all he's thinking about as he sprints in for instance to catch a drop shot is my hair holding up yeah please God don't let me turn around and my hair mm. is on the baseline behind me that is that come on it'd be, it'd be the biggest moment in sporting history I know if, if Andre Agassi's will, wig <laughs> fell off in the middle of a in the middle of a so I mean, you can say Jesus a bit dramatised but I mean that's no fair fair I mean, look I'm not I'm not I'm not going to die on that hill fair enough I can tell you're getting antsy here. You only got as far as Colin Farrell. Yeah, because I'm too quick. Because <laughs> <laughs> guarantee people are going to have this in the comments on YouTube with their own suggestions and five through one. Oh yeah, six, okay. Anyway. Go on. um, one is very quick, which is Michael Sheen again as Brian Clough, but not this time the Damned United. This time Nottingham Forest. So I think he's the ideal guy to play him. But I would really like to see a dramatisation oh, of yeah. the next part. No, yeah, good. And he's a few years older now as well to play the part too. Very, very talented. That speech he did. That went viral was mm. it's amazing. He's a great. Oh, he's an unbelievable actor. Yeah, the, about the Welsh nationalism or yeah. the more recent one. Another one where it was like, give a team talk to Wales ahead of the World Cup. Mm. Yeah. Went viral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And initially, you're cringing for him because you're thinking, well, this ca- even with the music, this is going to be. Mm. Yeah. And sure, by the end of it, you're you're ready to fight for it, Wales. It kind of it 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 that amazing speech brought up an older one that he'd made a few years ago. It was a kind of a. A Welsh, I don't know what it was, like a party conference or something for a play, Kimru, I suppose, but it was uh, very much a kind of what have the English ever done for us kind of speech that was absolutely incredible. Like, yeah. You know, it was, uh, yeah, he's an incredible public speaker, but he Isn't was a he? good Brian Clough as well. Sorry, didn't like that point. film. Good no, that's, I mean, I actually really? would like the... Oh, no, I didn't. Again, read the book, Arthur. But, uh... <laughs> you can't have John Giles at six foot two for no reason. Yeah, loads yeah. of stupid things that in that. Dumb. It was just lazy, I thought, a lot of it. But Sheen was great. Oh, amazing. Stephen Graham was Philly Brenner. Again, right, here's the thing about Agassi, maybe to a lesser extent, because I think you could get into the book stuff that not everybody knows. But, like, Clough and even the Leeds thing wouldn't be the worst thing because it was, it was such a good book. But everybody... Brian Clough's on YouTube like you know Mm. what I mean I just feel like I grew up watching him nobody's ever going to do a good I'll tell you like um, Joaquin Phoenix playing Johnny Cash I remember thinking like that's stupid he doesn't look anything like him but I've also seen Johnny Cash all my life I've seen a thousand interviews with him and Joaquin Phoenix's performance was so good that you forgot you knew what Johnny, who Johnny Cash was, mm-hmm. and what he looked like, and what he sounded like. You yeah, know what I mean? So yeah. that, that, but it's gonna take a performance like that to bring you out of Brian Clough. You know what I mean? Even Michael Sheen, I think he did do, it, but it was a caricature, I suppose, more than an acting performance. It was. You know, is Michael Sheen more like impersonator than actor? Like he does Tony Blair. He just, it's like we need. He does a lot of the first. Go on, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right, one last one, because I'm not 100% sure about it. I think Chris Ferguson's going to get to play him, but Mickey Rourke almost happened. And this is what put this in my mind, which was Gareth Thomas nearly happened. Mickey Rourke had gone over to Wales, had gone to meet him, then the project fell through. I wonder how that would have worked if Mickey Rourke had actually played Mickey Rourke is like 70 years old. Oh, you know, well, this, Gareth this, Thomas, this, the Welsh this 12 years ago. The, the Welsh rugby yeah, player. Yeah, yeah. He's way older than him. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure, I look, I don't Mickey know I'm sure he can but make himself look good. You're worried about the age <laughs> if too he's, much. If yeah. he's not having Colin Farrell with Agassi, he's definitely not having Mickey Rourke. <laughs> yeah, go the other extreme. See, it was around about the time as well when Mickey Rourke was having that revival in yeah. his career as well. And he no, just I know who could play Garrett Thomas. It's another Welsh. What? It's, it's uh, isn't uh, the guys from Twin Town. What's um, oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm not, against, that up not against this idea. Chris Radcliffe, I think, looks like him and is a good actor as well, which could work. But I think a Gareth Thomas movie would be really good. Can we uh, progress <laughs> on? There's yeah. just one thing I, I think it's important to do on, on a slight tangent this week, and it's to call out Eddie Reece Evans. Sorry. Reese Evans. That's no, just, uh, people will, people who know what we're talking about will know <laughs> yeah. that it's Gareth Thomas, so definitely. Auto high terror. <laughs> yeah. Eddie Howe. This needs calling out. So he's done the whole think of the children thing. Uh, we'll come on to Man City and that, that nonsense about xenophobia, but that doesn't even deserve the time of day. So what's happened here, it's hard to piece it all together, but Newcastle sporting director Dan Ashworth came out and said last week that I don't think there's a ceiling to what Newcastle can do. To which Jurgen Klopp said in his press conference, well, he's absolutely right. There is no ceiling for Newcastle. Congratulations. But some other clubs have ceilings. So, you know, it's, it's kind of circly enough delivered, but you understand what Klopp is saying. So now Eddie Howe has come out Again, this is um, this is just odd, really, that he's, he's, he's now taking a stand um, for the first time uh, as Newcastle manager against anything. So he has uh, talked about uh, Jurgen Klopp's behaviour on the touchline at Anfield and he said how that was really just beyond the pale for Eddie. And so he said, I'm very aware that I'm going to be looked at by millions and millions of people, especially children. The kids. And I think you have an expectation to make sure the game is upheld in the right way and with the right spirit. I'm certainly aware of my demeanour and my behaviour on the touchline. Also, my players are looking at me and what are they going to think of me? I'm not going to be able to help them in the moment if I'm not in control of my emotions. I've got no, I've got no issue uh, with me celebrating. It's more going the other way, losing my temper, losing control in a negative and aggressive way. I try not to do that, he said, rubbing Jurgen Klopp's hair. I try not to do that, said Eddie Howe. I mean, this guy... Again, I was just I was just reminding myself if let alone when he took over the job because his comments there were beyond pathetic about the Saudi regime and the blatant sports washing which is going on. And I know people are tired of that subject, but when you stop and think about what's happening to football, it is actually a disgrace. And so even if you go back to March twenty twenty two, that was the weekend when there were eighty one executions for uh some very, very questionable reasons and uh well, executions aren't good to begin with, but I appreciate that we're not talking about the only country that has capital punishment, but there were 81 in a weekend. And what Eddie Howe said about that situation, which I think is probably more serious than Jurgen Klopp losing his temper in the sideline, is I'm reading up, his words, I'm reading up on the situation in Saudi Arabia. And he said, I'm football obsessed, so I prefer to stick to what I know. And I'm hugely proud to represent the club. And still, though, he said, I mean, as a footballer, he had more time to pay attention to these issues than he does as a manager. And so, like, he's even, like, humble bragging here. <laughs> I was a footballer with a slight difference. Again, this is March when he wouldn't answer one question, really, about what had happened in Saudi Arabia or about the sports washing project at Newcastle. I was a footballer with a slight difference. I was 19 or 20 at Bournemouth and I was getting onto the team bus with the Times under my arm, getting some very strange looks from my teammates, you know, because they're dumb and I'm not. I like how carrying a newspaper is the... <laughs> You know, it's like the level here. Yeah. But I, the so Eddie Howe, nobody else ever. <laughs> ever. I come from a family where things were pushed towards me and I was quite interested in world politics. I had little more time when I was a player to look into things. Now that I'm a manager, your time is such a scarce resource. That's not to say I don't keep up to date, though. <laughs> so, I don't know. Uh, that was March 2022. I presume he had some time off over the summer. Yeah. I don't know. But so for somebody who, frankly, has been that questionable to use a nice word on the Saudi situation for a year now to then come out today yeah to then come out today and give it the all well I was 
I was personally disappointed in Jurgen Klopp and I sure. would never behave that way. This guy. It's just the, but it's just, I suppose the arrogance reinforced with the fact he's winning matches and speaking to people, journalists most of the time, it seems. I mean, I'm sure, again, I'm not going to generalise everything, but speaking to journalists who are more sympathetic to the situation he's in than yeah. most are. So he's, I'd say he feels very emboldened. I'd say he's like, I've beaten the back of this. I'll get thing. I'll get, I'll, that's finished. That's done with. Now I'll get on with this. <laughs> and I'm, I've got all, realistically, all, whatever way he wants to put it, top of the ceiling, all these resources. It's going well. Mm. It's only going to get better. Mm. I've done it. I, I'm over the hump and this mm. is going to be fine. I, mm. It's just, it's pathetic. Beware it's, the irony of him doing well probably leads to him being replaced as well. But it's amazing to think that in a four-month period, even if your time is restricted in your reading, he wasn't able to become more au fait with the Saudi regime between... November and March of last year. Yeah, no, he was still no matter how busy, reading right? up at that stage. Mm. And I look, I get, I let's be pragmatic. I get it's very tricky for him to come out and criticize Saudi Arabia. So I get all that. I, and I'm, I'm not sympathetic to it, but I get it. Yeah. But to come out and go on the attack against Jurgen Klopp for losing his temper on a sideline, spare me that. As you, you said, he's think fine. Children. Say, but think about it, like so. He's talking before he talks about Klopp losing his temper on the sideline. He talks about Klopp's comments, mm. and it's so interesting to see how Guardiola and uh, how have reacted to this. Because ultimately, there is a part of them, like, and there's a part of me that understands that, like any questioning of their position, but their, their club's positions. Mm is a question of the job that they've done. It undermines it. So like Pep Guardiola's won four league titles and he's done this, that and the others are 100 points in a season. You know, he's starting on third base. You know, and he has to know that. But he'll be like, well, nobody else would have got those extra five points. Nobody would have won the four out of five. They would have won two or three. Mm. But... It, it it absolutely undermines it, you know, and they get so angry about it. And it's just, I didn't think how would be in that bracket. But looking at him today, like, nonsense talk about, like, you know, we haven't, you know, okay, we spend a few uh, money, but we haven't spent the way people thought we'd. It's like, because we had that conversation. They, they, we thought they would buy stupidly. They still spend an awful lot. I mean, they spent 240 million in two transfer windows. Yeah, I think so. It's I the idea that Newcastle aren't spending money is absolute I propaganda. I saw. F- I, again, uh, Philippe Claire was tweeting it just beforehand we came in. I'm pretty sure he said that the highest net spend uh, in the year that's gone yeah. in 2022 or whatever. Like okay. things like it's it. You know, they're spending lots, but they're just not buying Rubinho. Yeah, it's like we've we've huge plans and we want to go places with huge ambitions. But the reality of what we're working towards and working with, there is a ceiling because of all the things I've set here and explained every week. Financial fair play. We're still in a training ground that is being renovated. <laughs> Financial fair play is nonsense. Your renovated training ground has nothing to do with anything. He doesn't have his third example. Mm. There is no ceiling to Liverpool or to, to Newcastle. There might be a, a, a temporary one, a uh, you know, a, 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 a sheet. Well, you get that's the, yeah, you get to the point as far as city, stopping the rain getting in. That's a city like. or a PSG where you it, like you get to a point where you put yourself right firmly amongst the elite, but you can't necessarily buy beyond that point, as has been as was demonstrated so far. Mm. So you can't go and buy the Champions League as such. I mean, you're, you're there, there about you giving yourself incredible odds, but like if you want to talk about a ceiling, but it's nonsense. Like yeah, you're saying, to win football matches, but that's like yeah, you know, it's, it's just it's, it's nonsense. But even look at the evolution they're signing, where they're signing Isak by comparison to Chris Wood last year. They've already started to step it up oh, yeah. at this stage. Yeah, I, of course, and of course they have, and I mean, like their fans would be fuming if they didn't, and like that's understandable. But we can give out about Eddie Howe, and rightly so. I mean, that's that's like idiotic comments, I would say, and like Guardiola, I think, in the same boat. The, the problem I have, and I, I'm sorry to repeat myself because I was talking a bit about this in the news round, is again that we're having this conversation on a level that treats what everybody is saying as the same. You know, it's like, oh, well, Klopp has a fair point there because that is true. Oh, but, you know, 
like Newcastle, they, they haven't spent the way we thought we would, you know, so it's, it's been very measured. You have to say they're doing a good job. It's like, that's an irrelevance, you know what I mean? The, 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 the how they're spending the money is not relevant to the conversation of whether a, a, an oil state should own a football club, mm. you know, and it's just, I don't know, it's just this ur, this obsession with giving both sides of every argument false that just so frustrating. Mm, yeah. False equivalence is the exact term, yeah. Uh, before we wrap up, are we going to 51, is it? Yeah, yeah, okay. we're out of time. We save that. I was going to ask about the Jan Ulrich book. Oh. <laughs> what okay. did you What did you think I was going to ask about? We have an email that we were supposed to get to, but we'll we'll get about the Guitar <laughs> World Cup. But we'll. Uh... Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's meant to be the first thing we were going to do. Yeah, it was we, literally we, the first thing. We can Sorry, push it back a week. It's about boycotting the what Guitar did we start World with? Cup. Movies. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. We did we did forty five minutes on uh, the guitar work is still gonna be an issue next week. That's completely on me. Oh, Sorry. Text about how good the GA is. Copied and pasted that whole email in. I'd read it three times ready to go. Oh my god. Sorry, that's uh, majorly bad. Uh you're Talk a good man. You, you, you came to us during a couple of months ago and you said there's a biography of Jan Ulrich, not in cooperation with Jan Ulrich, which is great and we should do yeah. a piece on it, which we, we really should. And I just saw the other week it was uh, shortlisted for the William Hill Sports Book of the Year, so you know your onions. Why? Why are you uh, saying the Jan Ulrich biography is well worth a look? Well, I, I, why is it worth? It? I, it's just it's, it's brilliant. It's brilliantly written. It's I assume I don't know. I, I didn't know anything really about him beforehand. Brilliantly researched, though. Obviously, just the amount of places went. But just it's just so brilliantly told. It's an incredible story, and I, so I don't know how much you know about Jan Ulrich, or I suppose like anyone else in sort of prime cyclists in the late 90s to early 90s was embroiled in yeah. drugs and um, just it's, it's fascinating him born in East Germany in, in Rostock he's about whatever age late teenage years when the wall comes down he's this kind of all of a sudden by 97 he wins the Tour de France and he's like this or 98 maybe and he's this unifying figure in Germany like and it's oh, it's, right. it's like almost like the way that sort of Becker was with Wimbledon that kind of level of fame although albeit in different circumstances he has that they even look a little bit like it's, it's odd but like I just in terms of like um, it's not just I suppose a biography and thing but it's just in terms of it's the way it, it's cultural critique of a country and a people and a, this transition that I didn't really pick up on between East and West when I didn't pick up on I didn't know anything about it when it's kind of the melding of them together into unified Germany the complications of it the bitterness sometimes that the East treat, or the West treats the East as they're kind of almost backward and sort of yokel you can't really anyway it's just it's fantastic it's absolutely incredible book Incredible book. One of the best sports books I've read in an awful long time by Daniel Freiba, I think, right. F-R-I-E-B-E. We're going to try and get him on the show, are we? Oh, he's, he's willing to come on. You just have to read it next. <laughs> big. That's, you could do a brief from there, aren't you? Big, big. That's coming from the author of a best-selling uh, sports well, book. Indeed, as well, indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Too, Can't too, get that on either. Too, <laughs> <laughs> We're out of time. We're out of time. Uh, oh, I just thought, speaking of Boris Becker, Damien Lewis, a younger Damien Lewis for Boris Becker would have been a good one. Hmm? Or Chesney. Who? Chesney. Hawk? Chesney Hawk? No, from Croatia Street. Street. <laughs> <laughs> uh, him and Michael. <laughs> We're out of time. That was a slight tangent. We'll be back, uh, if not next week, maybe in the next week or two. A slight tangent at <laughs> offtheball.com. Still on probation. It is on probation. Uh, a slight tangent at offtheball.com is where you can email us and we'll get to your topics. We will uh, talk to you when we talk to you.